to episode four. My name is Daryl, and uh, let's get straight into it. A couple weeks ago, Tyler the Creator had um, a festival called Camp Flognaw that he has every year. Now, everything went off without a hitch until Drake got on stage. Now, to give a little backstory here, the reason things kind of went left when Drake got on stage is because, well, Tyler was putting out banners with all of the artists that were going to be there, and for one of them, for the closer, he put question marks, you know, as if to be a surprise. Now, fans who are fans of Tyler and also fans of Frank Ocean thought it was going to be Frank Ocean because Frank had been putting out a lot of music lately, and by a lot, I mean two or three tracks, and that's a lot for Frank. Um, And because, well, Frank and Tyler have a history, they're friends. So they thought everything's pointing at Frank Ocean being the closer. And, well, that didn't happen. Like I said, Drake was the closer. Drake ended up being the one to get on stage at the end, and a lot of people did not take kindly to that. Um, What they instead did uh, was, well, (laughs) they booed. Uh, They booed Drake, and Drake's one of the biggest stars in the world, if not the biggest star in the world, So that was abnormal itself. And he played a few songs and ended up just, you know, saying, hey, good night. You guys don't want to play anymore. That's fine. My name is Drake and left and kept it moving, which I commend him for. You know, he just did whatever he had to do and got up out of there. Now, fast forward a little bit and Tyler Creator is upset because he says mob mentality My mentality and um, cancel culture, my bad. My mentality and cancel culture are the reason this happened. And I thought that was really interesting because I remember in high school growing up, in high, when I was going through high school, uh, Tyler the Creator was Odd, was Odd Future. They were a group. They are a collective. And I remember that his fans were pretty hostile. His fans were very hostile, actually. They, if you didn't like Tyler the Creator, that was fine. But if you said something bad about Tyler, they they weren't gonna deal with it. They weren't gonna deal with it. They were gonna let you have it. They were gonna see what they had to say. And he really pushed that mentality. I remember, you know, he wanted people to be, you know, off the wall and crazy. I mean, Tyler was all about being mis- saying misogynistic things, off the wall, shock value things. Um, homophobic raps, anything to basically just make you go, wow, what the hell? That was Tyler, the creator. That was him. That is how he blew up. And then later on, he, you know, has grown up and made other music. And now, you know, he is, I believe, and if I'm wrong, somebody correct me, at least admitted in some capacity to being bisexual, which is fine, but his fans a majority of them, a good portion of them that were fans of him when he first started are still fans now. So Tyler has been afforded the ability to grow up, but he has not allowed his fans or don't believe his fans to be able to grow up. He's quoted saying before that his fans are, you know, incels, that a lot of his fans are incels. And, you know, and I'm, I'm not directly quoting here. I'm loosely just, going off of the context of what he was talking about, but saying his fans were incels and a lot of them were okay with him 
you know, saying stuff about raping women and all these misogynistic and evil things, but they're not okay when he's happy. And that's that's interesting. Because Tyler has put himself in this situation, in this in this bubble <laughs> that he has been able to grow up and afforded himself the ability to be able to grow up, but he doesn't expect or accept that his fans can. And he also pretty much denies, in my opinion, the way I've read it, that he even had a hand in that. I mean, you can't, you can't push people to pour gasoline on a house and then say, when the house burns down, why would you do that? That's, that doesn't make sense. You can't do that to people. It, it you gaslight them basically. Well, it's not gaslighting, but I mean, you led them to this, to this, to this, uh, to this river to drink, and now you're saying, well, the the water's contaminated, but you were just drinking from it like five minutes ago, and it just got me thinking. Celebrities like to, and pop culture likes to say that you know, cancel culture, cancel culture, cancel culture, cancel culture. Everything's cancel culture. People don't think for themselves. People are just trying to, you know, get people canceled. That's just the way things work. It's not cool. And that's fine and all, but it's not new. There's nothing new about cancel culture. In the 90s, Biggie and Pac had one of the biggest beefs in in hip-hop, in all of art, music, music, possibly. And... Biggie had his fans screaming at the top of the lungs that Pac was trash. And Pac had people at his side screaming at the top of the lungs that Biggie was trash. To a point where radio stations wouldn't play one or the other, and they would effectively try to cancel them out. Now, that has led to them passing away, and rest in peace to both of them. Whether or not it was a direct result of it, I'm not here to have that conversation. But... They did that in the 90s, and no one really batted an eye. I mean, well, they batted an eye because it was like this big beef, but no one tried to blame the fans. The artist had the blame. And then you go to Nas and Jay-Z. Nas and Jay-Z had a very large beef, and they really tried to cancel each other out. They tried to make sure that nobody else wanted to listen to them, all of that. And you go to Drake and Pusha T as of recently. Pusha T out at Drake that he had a kid and was going to use Adidas an Adidas shoe line or clothing line or whatever, Adidon, to, to roll out basically that he had a child. And Drake then mobilized his fans to, you know, down on Pusha and who knows Pusha, who's Pusha. And no one batted an eye. No one said anything about the celebrities mobilizing their following to try and cancel out another artist because that is effectively what you're doing and this got me thinking is it that cancel culture is new or is it just for one of the few times in recent pop culture it's not working the way that celebrities and people in power want it to because it's not only in hip-hop that that happens we do it to or (laughs) let me backtrack here they say that we do it to you know, other celebrities that are actors, you know, um, that we did it to R. Kelly because of all the nastiness that he did or the nastiness that anyone is accused of, that we just cancel them and it's not healthy because we don't give people time to explain. But we were doing that 
all this time. We do that every chance we get because now that we have pop culture and mainstream media, everything gets out to everyone right away and you form an opinion in two seconds because you can. Because you can react instantly and tweet. But celebrities are upset because it's not working for them. They're not upset because they genuinely care that people aren't being heard. They're upset because they're not being heard. Because they don't get a chance to because the, the system isn't working in their favor. They get upset because the system is not favoring them and letting them cancel you out. Instead, the people are. And that's a good thing. To me, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that instead of the celebrities having all the power, people get to make a decision and say, no, we're not going to deal with that. Because for once, Tyler's fans went against him. Tyler's fans said, no, yeah, you're cool with Drake, but we're not. And then he went in and, like I said, tried to blame cancel culture. But it's not new. We've been, we've been doing this for centuries. I mean, if people didn't like a king or a queen, one person would say they didn't like them. Then two people would say they didn't like them. Then four. Then six. Then twelve. And it just kept growing. And there's nothing new about that. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with it either. Because at half the time, it doesn't even work. Actually, more than half. 90% of the time, it doesn't even work. Because I remember we canceled Sabrina Claudia. Claudio. Uh, because she was ra- she was being racist towards black women. And she was making money off of R&B. But she was just on an album with Sir. So obviously, we didn't work to cancel her because she's still making money. But I remember her fans saying, oh, you can't cancel her. That's not right. You got to let people explain yourself, explain themselves. But we, we don't. We don't have to let anyone explain themselves. We don't have to hear your excuse of why you did something like that. And the fact that people are trying to, you know, turn the conversation into people having a hive mind and this dumb young generation not knowing anything is kind of, kind of annoying, to be honest. It isn't even frustrating, it's just annoying because our parents, Gen X, for me, my, my mom is a Gen X, they did it too. They used cancel culture. And the generation before them, baby boomers, they used cancel culture. They had Woodstock. They, a group of them, a good portion of them, had an opinion and they all stood on it. And boom, you got Woodstock. So it's not something new. It's just something that, honestly is being used to once again try to discredit a generation that some people just don't understand and it it's just it's interesting the fact that cancel culture isn't new it's just copy paste it's the thing we've been doing for centuries as humans because we have always been in a way contributing to hive mind because as humans we have a society and society for me in my viewpoint, differentiates us in a lot of ways from the rest of the animal kingdom. We are able to have a collective of thoughts, opinions, and ideas that form this societal view that we all contribute to, this living, breathing societal view that we all contribute to. And at times, that societal view takes changes or has parts of it that branch off and become hostile or combative not because you know they're just out to do wrong and cancel people but because that's how society works 
It's a collective of thoughts, opinions, and views. And it's how we, as humans, continue to evolve and grow and have the upper hand because we communicate and are able to communicate and protest and <clears throat> dictate what we deem to be right and wrong. But to call it cancel culture, to say that it is just a young generation being naive, not understanding, or um, using mob mentality, that's not fair. Especially when everyone contributes to it. I myself contribute to it by even making this this podcast about it. Everybody contributes to it, and it's not new. It's just something that's being used as a way for celebrities right now, politicians, musicians, to try and once again gain back the power that they once had, where they, they were the ones that dictated who got canceled. But now that they're not fully in control, the blame goes to social media. The blame goes to young adults. The blame goes to naive children. The blame, I mean, you get the game. It just goes on and on. The blame game just continues, and it doesn't ever get resolved. But that that idea of cancel culture, to me, it's not real. And it, like I said, it doesn't even work more than the majority of the time. And when it does work, it still doesn't work. And if it, if, if it does work, it's not wrong. It's just people's opinion. But that's that. <laughs> that's cancel culture and the idea of it being new. But in reality, it just being exactly what humans have been doing for centuries. But before we get to the music, uh, one quick thing here. I am not being paid for this. I just want to make that very clear. Um, I ran into a very, very cool app called Loom. It's L-U-M. Um, I'm actually now using that app to contact more underground artists and get music. And I really enjoy that app. If you are into hip-hop, R&B, it's even got some pop in there. It's got some indie it's got EDM. If you're just if you're really into supporting, you know, growing artists, check into Loom. L U M. It is really awesome. It has a very good uh, setup, and in, in my opinion, it's a very good setup. It runs very smoothly. Uh, for a little bit, I was stupid and thought that there was no messages button, but there is a messages button. And of course, you can follow me on Loom if you want to. But more importantly. Please go support the artist on Loom because I've found nothing but good music since I've been using that app for the past two days. So, I mean, it's great to me. It's like an innovative uh, SoundCloud. Once again, this isn't an ad. I just like supporting underground things, innovative things, and I think Loom is insanely innovative. And I think it can be a game changer if we all get behind it. And, of course, it can't get better if we don't get feedback like me. If you have feedback from a podcast, please let me know. Send it to his name is Daryl at gmail.com. That's his name is Daryl, D-A-R-R-Y-L. I mean, his name was Daryl, my fault. His name was Daryl, D-A-R-R-Y-L at gmail.com. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to go ahead and play um, a song from an artist that I found on Loom. M, the artist is M-W-M. The song is Alone. Here you go. 
and it's coming soon. God don't pick up the phone. He declined my call. My day was fit the script on me. Nobody been checking on me. I'm living all alone. Damn, what do I go? I love the rain and makes me think God feels my pain. Alcohol in my system, 345 AM. I ain't slept in days. I'm driving so fast. I'm about to crash. Mama thinks I'm depressed. Damn. She might be correct You just gotta pick your head up Everything is gonna be alright You gon' be fine, you gon' be fine But tonight I got friends on repeat Cause my friends don't talk to me Too paranoid to go to sleep The devil's chasing me People use me, they need me Mama mad about me She say I ain't listening But I'm hearing everything I'm just trying to find some inner peace And get away from all of this damn pain You just gotta pick your head up Everything is gonna be song and i really do dig that song you can check them out on instagram at uh the official mwm they do have a spotify um and i believe they're on itunes but either way support a good artist and once again if you are an artist or you know underground artists that i can contact or up-and-coming artists that i can contact and want their music played let me know email me leave a review with that whatever you got to do to reach out to me join the discord whatever it may be um, quick weekly check-in. I'm going to try to do these more often. Uh, this week for me has been, eh, it's been pretty easy. Work's been easy. Um, a lot of annoying things with, with servers and whatever. Uh, I had horrible back spasms, uh, on, on Monday. Um, but overall, it's been a pretty good week. Uh, and, oh, 
I live about 30 minutes from where I work, about 45, 30 minutes. And I have come to realize that being in Minnesota, and I knew this the whole time, but it's just hitting me, it is going to be a pain in the winter. <laughs> like, I know it's obvious, but it is going to be annoying. Um, because uh, people just act like they can't drive here in the winter, even though we're in Minnesota. So if anybody in Minnesota tells you, oh, I know how to drive in the snow, I'm from Minnesota, they're a liar. They do not know how to drive. They drive like psychos. Or they, yeah. So let's get straight into the next topic here. Um, generation after generation, people, you know, are deemed to be certain things. So um, boomers, they are all collectively grouped together because they have Woodstock in common. Gen X, I believe it is Reagan and the war on drugs. Millennials, it is uh, Obama, not Obama, my bad. It is 9-11, being able to remember 9-11, that makes us all, excuse me, um, have something in common and usually have a somewhat similar mindset. And with that, we're told that we're all different and every generation is, you know, separate from the other and and so on and so forth. But um, that's not entirely true. Because if you look at baby boomers, right? Right now there's the whole okay boomer thing, which is funny because a lot of people saying okay boomer are, are Gen Zs and they're saying it to Gen X people, but that's besides the point. Um, if you look at baby boomers, they were seen at one point to be the generation that was going to change things, that saw problems, and they were going to stand up against it, and they were going to fight for it. And, well, Woodstock is one of the outcomes. And the generation before them, I believe, is the silent generation. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong um, in a review or something. But the silent generation, they had seen war. They had seen horrible things. They just they didn't want to see any, any other evils overall committed. And boomers were just not having it. They were just full on with the, with the stance of we're not going to let it happen. We won't only not like it. We just won't let it happen. We don't want this. And it slowly has become boomers turning into the people that are complacent. They are against change. They don't want change. They don't want to see women making money and men being stay-at-home dads. That doesn't make sense to them. But at one point, they were the ones fighting for change. They were the ones fighting for the ability to do what you want and be who you want. And then you have Gen X, which includes my mother. And they went from the group that saw the war on drugs, saw the damage that over-policing can do, saw the damage of what unrestricted power can do. And they played a major hand in voting in what a lot of people would consider a power-hungry, over-self-indulged president. They, pay, they played a major hand in electing the current president. And it's interesting because they became exactly what their parents are. I think there's like an old saying or something that says you can never you can never run from who you will become. And I'm probably horribly quoting that. Um, but you'll never run from who you will become. 
And of course, the saying of you always become your parent. You will become your parent. And it rings true through from generation to generation. You go from the generation that wants change or the generation that wants, you know, activism to the generation that's just tired of fighting. Or the generation is just plain, simple, complacent. We're like, yeah, I'm old. I don't want to change. There's no reason to. And it goes back to the whole circumstance of currently millennials being called the dumb, ignorant children that are just, you know, unable to understand the nuances and depth of the world and it's not as simple as make a change. Do our parents and boomers, our grandparents or whatever they may be to you, um, do they not, do you not see it when you get to that age? Do you not see that you have become exactly what you once fought against? You've become exactly what you once rebelled against? You've become complacent and set um, still as change ran right over you and you fought it the whole way through? I, for one, don't want to be that way. <laughs> I I know I'm stubborn, so I'm probably already on my way. But I don't want to be um, a stubborn old man who sees change and refuses to accept that it's going to happen and instead just stands still. I don't want to copy what my parent is and become them. And I think the resolution to this is always remembering one very very simple thing if we as millennials one day become older and see that gen z and whatever generation after them has now started to try and make a change for whatever it may be instead of seeing them and calling them the bushy-tailed wide-eyed ignorant naive children if we all Instead, look at them and remember that we were once exactly what we are calling them. We might just have a fighting chance at not becoming exactly what we hate so much, which is the ignorant, truly naive, older, complacent souls that our parents and grandmothers and grandfathers are. And... I, for one, like I said, I know I'm on an uphill battle because I am bullish. I know I am. But if we as a collective can stand on that and try to remember that, we have a fighting chance of breaking this little copy-paste that keeps going on, breaking this cycle that honestly is more reductive than productive. And I believe we can do it. I know we can. Society has the ability to change because it's a living, breathing being that we all contribute to. And if we can form society and societal norms, we can get rid of them. And the societal norm that needs to go away is the societal norm of becoming the old, complacent, ignorant person that we all currently don't like. But... I'm going to end it right there, guys. Um, before I let you go, though, a few quick things. Once again, I've seen an increase in engagement and in downloads and listens to the podcast. 
So once again, I appreciate it. No matter how many of you there are, whether there's three of you, five of you, or a thousand of you, your listen matters to me, and I will always appreciate it. Along with that, um, I have been thinking about adding a, another segment to the podcast, or maybe even like a monthly podcast itself for mental health, uh, maybe called Mental Health Mondays with Daryl, um, whatever it may be. But because mental health is a very important thing to me. Uh, it affects me every single day. And I think having a dialogue about something like that is not only important, but very much needed to break down the taboos within society that mental health brings with it. If you think that is a good idea, go ahead and give a review or send an email to his name was Daryl at gmail.com or drop your your <clears throat> your opinion in the Discord chat and we can communicate there or direct message me. Either way, though, you enjoy the rest of your day. Be great. And remember, mental health is just as important as physical health. Water your melanin, and I'm out of here. I'll talk to you next week. That's the end of the podcast. Have a good day. Bye.